0: Hello there, and welcome to the Blue Milk Latte, a Star Wars podcast episode, where we're going to be covering the Bad Batch. It's going to be a Bad Batch bonanza. Uh, My name is Kent, uh, Blue Milk Latte Solace, and with me always is my trusty co-pilot, Chris christophsis Mead. Hey guys, what's up? Hey, welcome back. Um, So, uh, like I said, we're going to be covering Bad Batch, Um, we're going to be going over, over episodes two through five we've kind of been doing some spotlight on episodes here the past couple weeks and uh we've been watching uh our bad batch here every week so we want to do an episode kind of getting caught up not necessarily highlighting every single episode week by week but just doing kind of a catch-all we do have another let's see 11 episodes to go for the for this uh first season of the bad batch um, so maybe we'll do another catch all episode later on in a few weeks here. Um, but before we get into all of that, uh, Chris, tell us a little bit about some of your most recent star Wars adventures.
1: Uh, let's see. I finished my Darth Vader Lego helmet, which is pretty amazing looking. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I've been uh, feeling pretty vindicated this week on my star Wars opinions. So that's been going kind of nice. I don't know if you saw the, uh, article that JJ's didn't did some kind of interview article recently. Where he kind of talks about how he felt like they should have had a better plan about the sequel trilogy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which was, which you know, if you've heard my thoughts on episode nine, was my biggest problem with episode nine. Like most, like everything in it was fine in a vacuum, but my biggest problem was it just didn't feel like there was a plan involved. So there wasn't any. So things just kind of popped up out of nowhere, and like things didn't pay off the way they probably could have because there just wasn't anything. You know, there was no no overarching plan. uh-huh so i've been feeling kind of vindicated about that
0: <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah there definitely was a i don't know yeah not a uh consensus in the writing room as far as like uh okay we're gonna go here and then we're gonna do this and we're gonna do this it was a little bit more of no we're gonna hire this director and writer and then this director and writer and then they'll just hand the baton off to each other
1: right and yeah. in and, and practice it ended up being like well Abrams did Force Awakens, and then Ryan Johnson's like, well, Force Awakens is great and all, but I'm gonna, like, turn everything on its head. And then Abrams goes back, well, Johnson Johnson's pretty good, but I'm gonna turn everything on his head again. And you're like, I'm dizzy now. I can't, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. You know, it's pretty wild to think about uh, not to bring
0: up too much of The Last Jedi is that um, the only two uh, people in the world to write and direct a Star Wars film are George Lucas and ryan johnson and that's it that's the very smallest they're the only two creators ever to write and well as far as like cinematic movies i know dave filoni has wrote and directed some of his own episodes and all that stuff um but as far as like the big budget movies go yeah that's well yeah and
1: well favro Favreau isn't favro a writer on mandalorian well yeah yeah
0: Um, but that's a tv
1: but that's, that's a little different
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you go when when we go down to Disney Plus, yeah, it gets a little bit bigger. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, Dave Filoni, John Favreau. I'm sure there's a few other uh, names in there that we're forgetting. I think
1: at the quite movie. a few of those, like kind of guests slash celebrity directors on um, Mandalorian. I think did their own episodes. Yeah, I, know I think uh, I think the guy, the that I think the guy the director who did the you know I can't remember now who did the Prison Break episode in in season one. I yeah, I think he was directed. Yeah, Rick, Rick F- Famiua, Uh That's it. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. which those are some of my favorite episodes, too. I love the two. He, yeah, he did the Prison Break episode, and then he did one of my like top episodes of The Mandalorian so far, which is um, the one in which. Uh, the Bill Burr one. Yeah, Bill Burt, Yeah. Um, Imperial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What the hell's the name of it, though? something. It's really good. You guys know the one I'm talking about. <laughs> uh the one where we finally get to see uh Dinizgar or Pedro Pascal acting in his face But besides the the finale there in season 1. Right. Um, yeah. Okay, so those are your Star Wars adventures, pretty cool. Yep. Um mine are uh I'm going to get tons of crap from Chris for this. I'm like trying my hardest to finish light of the jedi and i'm almost there i'm moving at a snail's pace and yeah chris uh i I do apologize (laughs) i was the one out of the gate saying no we need to have this thing done in 48 hours we need to be have the scoop like the first week it drops and all this other stuff and here we are almost in june and i'm still i'm almost there uh (laughs) but uh yeah we
1: haven't done just time for the next one to come out which should be june (laughs) 15th or 20th or something
0: yeah, yeah. So maybe we'll drop it right before then. I think hopefully I'll have okay. it done by then.
1: Yes. Yeah, i the new, the High Republic uh, comics are pretty interesting. There's some, there's some weird stuff going on there. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I think I'm going to wait for the trade paperback of the graphic novel to drop when I get those. Because, yeah, I haven't gotten any of the single issues yet.
1: Well, I don't know if you saw uh, on the Higher Republic note, uh, they just announced a new comic series they're doing that's a detective. Story. Ooh, okay. That could be interesting. Yeah, it could be. Hmm. So yeah, that'll be, than, like uh, side, be like a side. That'll be like a side. It's going to be running concurrently with the mainline Higher Public Comics. Will be like two Higher Public Comics, I think.
0: Sounds good. Nice. Um. Obviously, I've been watching The Bad Batch here as as well as Chris has every week. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's not it's not like The Mandalorian where I'm staying up until midnight to watch them at midnight, but I am usually watching them by Friday or Saturday. Um, let us know. Actually, uh, if you guys can, if you're listening to this episode and wherever you find us on social media, uh, feel free to let us know when you guys watch Bad Batch. Uh, if you watch it opening day, sometime during the weekend, when you get around to it, um, or if you religiously stay up until midnight and watch it as soon as it drops on Disney+. Plus, Let us know what you guys do. Um... So yeah, that's pretty much, I think, our most recent Star Wars adventures. So, without further ado, getting into Bad Batch episodes 2 through 5. We're going to start off with episode 2, which is titled Cut and Run. It was directed by Stuart Lee and written by Ger- Simran Sandhu. Uh, it was dropped on Disney Plus on May 7th, 2021. And uh, in it, essentially, the, the uh, main premise is the Bad Batch is seeking refuge with a clone deserter by the name of Cut Laquan or Um The Bad Batch and Omega seek refuge with him. And he tells them about the inhibitor chips, which uh, program the regular clones and Crosshair. To be loyal to the empire after Order Sixty Six, but there's still a little bit of ambiguity as to why it didn't affect the rest of the Bad Batch. To me, do you do, are you do you still feel that it's still kind of ambiguous at this point, Chris?
1: Yeah, although my cousin told me like this theory, and then now that's all I can see when I watch it now. Which is so in episode two, I think it's episode is it episode two or three. Wrecker uh, conspicuously hits his head. Yeah. And then in episode was the last one just there, five. I think five, yeah. He's like complaining he's, about he's, a headache or something. He's still talking about headache. So there's, there's there's a fan theory that when he hit his head, it's gonna reactivate his chip and they're gonna have to fight Wrecker at some point too. Or oh no. it's gonna become like the the one of the, the plot points of the season is gonna be Tech trying to figure out how to turn his how to turn Wrecker's inhibitor chip back off. Yeah. Which would then kind of dovetail in their ability to maybe turn crosshairs off and turn him back to the light side or whatever yeah but like but like now that I've heard that every time I see Wrecker and like he's talking about his head or whatever I'm like watching for clues I'm like oh man yeah <laughs> now I'm not yeah. gonna be surprised <laughs> that is a really good theory though yeah, yeah and it seems to be it's, it seems that they that's where they're where they might be going considering like three episodes later he's still talking about headaches so now that kind yeah. of makes you think that's probably where this is going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, uh with increased uh on the planet of solukami uh with increased military presence from the empire, uh cut plans to escape with his family, but they discover that newly introduced chain codes are needed to book public transport. Uh chain codes we kind of Got teased, not teased, but kind of were introduced in the original trilogy a little bit, but they were focused on a lot more in the sequel trilogy. In the prequels, we weren't really worried about chain codes that much because there wasn't too much running away from things, everything was a lot more connected. But in the sequel trilogy, as we all know, like there's a lot more like clandestine missions and kind of like hiding out and stuff like
1: that. So, well, not to mention that's how, but what that proves that the armors is in Mando,
0: yeah, it's because the chain code. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So chain
1: codes are need to book
0: public transport. Uh, knowing Cut would be arrested if he tried to get one, Tack and Echo steal some chain codes, and Omega helps deliver them to Cut and his family in time uh, to board the transport. And then uh, Hunter attempts to send Omega with Cut uh, as as the episode ends, uh, as he thinks that he needs a she needs like a more stable family, but she decides to stay with the Bad Batch. Thus, kind of cementing her bond with the Bad Batch crew and making her the the, the uh, I guess the official, unofficial fifth member of the Bad Batch again. Yep. So, yeah. So, and that's pretty much that episode. What were your general thoughts on this episode, Chris?
1: Um, I kind of liked it. I liked um, I liked the kind of the window into like what life under imperial rule for like the average citizen was. Um, All the talk about like I think this comes up in later episodes too, like just all the talk about how you had to like exchange your money to Imperial credits already. Like that's the crazy thing. We're literally what like three months out from Revenge of the Sith right at this point. Like not a lot of time has passed, and they're they're really moving along as far as like the Empire being. Tightening the grip and getting everyone kind of under uniform control. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to see like how fast it actually moved at that point. You know, they're, yeah, they're, they're going from having parades for the end of the Clone Wars to the next day. Okay, guys, turn in your Republic credits for Imperial credits and yeah. everyone needs chain codes now.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 And not to bring too much real life stuff into it or political stuff or what have you. I'm not saying anything one way or the other, but it is pretty interesting when you look at like, when you compare february 2020 to like april 2020 how much right things well, are yeah. different things and how quickly when you're implementing some of this stuff like right it can go pretty quickly without you really noticing you know what i mean right yeah um yeah um yeah so my general thoughts on the episode was it was it was pretty fun it was a pretty good episode uh, i did like to see omega bonding with wrecker i think in this episode is the one where wrecker makes her like a little room on the ship on their ship there or maybe that's in the no, third no one. That's later i
1: think that's, that's the third, third
0: one that's in the third one okay yeah um and then we get to see so the we're gonna be ranking at the end here some of the cameos that are made throughout the show because as we're as chris and i were talking pre-show um Pretty much every episode has uh, one cameo from like a previous movie or installment of Star Wars somewhere. So in this one, the big cameo was uh, Cut Laquan, who was in uh, season two, episode ten of Clone Wars. Um, so he's going to be our cameo for this one, and yeah. then uh, which, later which is on, kind
1: of cool that we're you know we're back on the. Now this cameo seems is pretty solid in that it. Ties back into the other animated, you know, Clone War series. So it's like Clones to Clones is pretty, you know, it's pretty on on brand for you know an animated series. Yeah, was kind of interesting to see, you know, because that was kind of an interesting. That episode is kind of interesting. The the Clone Wars episodes because you actually see a clone who decides not to be uh, a soldier, which you never see before, and then what that kind of looks like for him. Yeah, and so to kind of check back in with him to see was he successful in his kind of transition to civilian life, and he was, and it's kind of interesting to see that you could, that these clones are not just like living weapons or actually like people, and that they could choose not to be soldiers at some point and integrate into a society somehow. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, so um, yeah, so that's uh, episode two, Cut and Run. Moving on here to episode three is titled Replacements. Uh, It was directed by Nathaniel Villanueva. Written by uh, Matt uh, Miknovitz And it debuted on May 14th, 2021. Um, and the general premise was ...that Batch and Omega are stranded on a moon after their ship was damaged on Sulukami. I feel like uh, I'm butchering that word. Sul- yeah, I'm going to say that. Sulukami. And, <laughs> and an Ordo moon dragon steals the part that they need to repair it. Echoing, like, super hardcore Empire Strikes Back in the whole scene with Han Solo and Leo when they're stuck on the asteroid there. And I believe right. there's, yeah. And I believe... So the Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, like, stealing stuff and repairing it. So, Hunter and Omega set out to retrieve uh, some of the parts, but uh, Hunter is incapacitated. And uh, Omega continues on alone and is able to track down the dragon that stuck the part. Retrieving it without a fight. And then uh, we're going to go back to On Camino. Uh, Tarkin and Admiral Rampart put Crosshair in command of a new unit of conscripted soldiers that are sent to Onderon to wipe out uh, Guerrero's camp.
1: Yeah, the Mission of Bad Bats failed in the pilot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And this scene, like, this very young season was like super duper like whoa we're going here okay cool um yeah. really dark um guerrera is already gone from the camp and crosshair uh uh kills one this little recruit who was uh but the rest comply and are otherwise successful so uh pretty much crosshair gives a command for them to kill the civilians um there are some troopers in there, but there's also women and children and Crosshair gives the command to essentially terminate all of them. And then, uh, a trooper disobeys and doesn't want to do it. So he guns him down and then has the rest of them essentially forced to, to carry out that thing. So they, not only do they kill soldiers, they kill women, not just the women, but, or not just the men, but the women and the children. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and that's, the way it's done in the episode is, like, super, like, whoa, this is, like, pretty serious stuff. It's definitely not a show for eight-year-olds, or at least yeah, that scene, that scene anyway.
1: Yeah, um, it's uh, yeah, it, it is interesting, because usually these animated series wait, like, one or two seasons before they pull that episode, and they, they just did it episode three, and like, holy cow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, So, Tarkin sees potential for conscripted soldiers concerning Kominion Prime Minister Lama Su, this might set up a plot thread for later on in the uh, in the season uh, when we're going to be because at some point we're going to have to be transitioning from clones to just your every everyday person. Yeah, off the road
1: or off. Well, the- it seems like that's kind of the at least a few episodes where we jump back to Camino. That seems like that's kind of the B plot of the Bad Batch is this transition from the Empire using clones to conscripted to stormtroopers it seems like that's kind of like that's the the B plot (laughs) yeah yeah
0: um so Chris help me out here Uh, on this episode who was our our guest or not our guest our um, cameo
1: I I, I don't think we I I don't think we have one They could Uh, say to be honest, I haven't. I mean, I haven't watched this episode like more than once, like I usually do when we do our like our recap shows. Yeah. Uh, there could be. I mean, th- if there is one, it's going to be obscure, and it's either going to be one of the troopers, one of the replacement mm-hmm. troopers, might be somebody mm-hmm. from something, but I don't know. I don't remember what their names are, so I couldn't, you know, tell you if they are or not. Uh, and then maybe uh, What do you say uh, Rampart or Rampant. Or yeah, Ad- Admiral, Admiral
0: Rampart. Yeah.
1: Although I yeah, think. It- I, th- I th- although I, I kind of feel like he's being set up as our big bad for the season. I think he's going to yeah. be like their, their like their kind of their, um, yeah, their their big bad for the season at least, or for the yeah. for the show. Yeah, one or two. He's,
0: he's going to do something like somewhat like successful, and then Tarkin's going to kill him and take all the. Uh, all
1: the well, yeah, that's, that's well, that's a given. But just like he's going to be <laughs> the one, who's going to be kind of the the one trying to track the bad batch or hunt them down or kind of pulling crosshair strings He'll, I, he's going to kind of be very similar to well and, and, and most of in the rebels had the same thing too because they had uh, uh i'm gonna blank on his name the one p.o guy that was in charge of um lothal uh well a couple of different ones but like you know the one guy turned yeah. out to be he turned you know he turned sides he was actually you know he, he changed sides but then like but, but like he kind of was that role too where like like some big imperial muckety muck that you recognize shows up and hands off the reins to this guy you've never heard of, who then ends up being kind of like the main bad guy for the you know for the season. I think that's yeah. what that's, that's what it's going to be. Yeah, um, Callus, Agent. Yeah,
0: or, yeah. He turns out to be Agent Callus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Cool. Um, so actually, yeah, we'll say that the cameo for this one was...
1: I mean, I guess it could be Tarkin, but hes he showed up in the pilot, so I don't know.
0: Yeah, so, so did Lama Sue. I want to say Lama Sue, but mm, we'll just say, just for fun, uh, it was an Ordu Moon Dragon, the one that steals the uh All right. the part. Because we've seen the Ordu Moon Dragon in previous stuff, and now it's just popping back up again. All so, right. That's what we'll say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Next up here, we got episode four, titled "The uh, Cornered," directed by Sal Ruiz and written by Christian Taylor, uh, on May twenty first, twenty twenty one. On their way to place on planet, the Bad Batch is forced to stop on the nearest planet uh, called Pantora, so they can gather supplies and tech can modify their ships signature since it now appears on the empire's wanted list um this is kind of another thing that um they didn't i don't feel like star was really concerned itself till the mandalorian came out as far as like the razor crest being a ship that um is pre-empire so it doesn't really have signature codes or anything like that i feel like this is kind of like a a sci-fi thread that they kind of introduced in the Mandalorian and they, they, they've been kind of
1: messing well, it's around. Getting... With... I... Shoot. I'm getting mixed up, but I don't remember. If I'm I remember if it was from the books or from the movies, but isn't there something with the Falcon being, having uh... a, uh, having a transponder code or um not that, not that. I... Well, they, 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 that they that kind I'm... of talk about it. I mean, Je- Jedi has it though. Cause that was the whole thing. Um, that's when they, when they have, when they're flying the Imperial shuttle, about it using uh, transponder codes or having oh, like an yeah, uh, yeah. ID. Yeah, you're right. Have, you're right. Having some having imperial registration that like matched and everything.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right.
1: I feel okay. I, I there's something with the Falcon, but I am I'm probably imagining it from uh, you know from a book. But yeah, the main thing I, thinking... I always
0: remember about the the Millennium Falcons that they jam their radars.
1: Right. <laughs> or maybe, oh, maybe maybe I'm thinking about in Force Awakens. I think there's something about that about. The Falcon being registered as a Falcon or some of that, or people didn't know it was the Falcon or some, something.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. So, uh, the ship signature so now appears on the Empire's wanted list. So, at Bay, attendant on Pandora, Pantora identifies the Bad Batch and informs uh, Fennec Shand. Fennec Shand, of course, is the mercenary uh, character that was introduced uh in the Mandalorian season one. Yeah, um, one year. Right yeah.
1: What's that? Yeah, yeah. I, I, she's more I was more associated with season two because she has like three episodes in season two but yeah. you're right, she was, she was in the one episode of season one.
0: Yeah, she was introduced there and then yeah, had more uh, more stuff to do in season two essentially. Uh, yes. She's a mercenary, has been hired to retrieve Omega, Hunter, Echo, and, and whoops, I'm sorry, she's been hired to retrieve Omega, uh, just Omega all by herself. Uh, Hunter, Echo, and Omega search for supplies, while Tech and Wrecker work on the ship. And Omega is approached by Shand, which leads to Hunter chasing Shand throughout the city. Uh, Hunter and Omega lose Shand, and after the modif- modifications are completed, the Bad Batch depart for, from Pantora. One of the little, that's, that's just a very quick overview, but one of my favorite parts in it is, um, what's his name, uh, Tech... Maybe it, no, no no it's Echo. Echo was traded at Oh a, yeah, when he was sold as a droid. Yeah, he was sold as a droid to at a droid depot and then when they realize that they need help installing the parts on the ship, all the droids go and help. Right. Uh, and it's pretty cool. It's like a pretty it's a funny scene but and it works really well. Um episode.
1: Yeah, I like um, the part when he gets all offended by how little he got sold for.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like I'm worth more than that. Yeah. Um, so Hunter and Omega Shand and after the modification to complete the Bad Batch, depart from Pantora. So obviously the big cameo there is going to be Fennec Shand. Um, yeah. She was um, voiced by the same actress that uh, plays her in the live action show, Mandalorian, performed yeah. by uh, Ming-Na Wen. Um, so that was pretty cool that the, she was able to do that. Um, what were your overall this episode?
1: I like this one. I thought it was kind of cool how it tied back in. Um, some of the timeline stuff is is a little hazy for me because I'm not sure how old she's supposed to be in Mandalorian, and we're still like 20 years out from, you know, we're like 17-ish years out from New Hope right now. And then yeah. Mando is like uh, well, five years after Jedi or something.
0: In her defense... So Ming-Na Wen ages super gracefully. Believe it or not, not, she's currently 57.
1: Well, I was just trying to place her... I was trying to figure out how old she would be in the Bad Batch if she's old enough to be what she appears to be in Mando. I feel like she's got to be... So she would be, like, early 30s at this point. You think so?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, if you you just say that... Yeah,
1: I mean, she's supposed to be in her 50s
0: in Mando. Yeah, she would be. Yeah.
1: Okay, so, right, well that, that works out then. Yeah. I mean, She's so not bad. supposed
0: to be like a little a little kid or anything, so that works. right. Yeah.
1: So who do you think uh so here's here's our big uh you know discussion? Who do you think hired her? Do you think it's a commune ones do you think it's somebody else?
0: To um retrieve Omega? Yeah. Well Yeah. Actually I wasn't even really thinking the Camino Ones, but I mean, if you think about it, they're the ones that hired like one of the OG bounty hunters in Django Fett. So I mean they're already aligned with you know hiring pretty good bounty hunters
1: well and they well and here's well there's, uh, there's two things at play here that you that I didn't really think about until i was talking to somebody else about this but like the kami never i don't think they say that they want to retrieve omega specifically they just said they need to get a, ne- a new sample of genetic material yeah and so like so yeah i don't know it's to be it's, it's so the Kaminoans are either trying to collect Omega or my other theory is that they're actually trying to collect Boba because Boba would have a pure strain of DNA because he's an unaltered clone. So his DNA would be as close to Jango Fett as they could get since Jango is now dead. Mm-hmm. So I kind of think maybe the Kaminoans are trying to collect Boba Fett, but then I don't know then who's trying to collect Omega. That's the part I, can't, that's the part I haven't figured out yet. If, if, if the communists are actually going after Boba. Yeah, well...
0: I mean, this might seem super far-fetched because it kind of goes down the line of um, the Mandalorian and them kind of searching for Grogu. But it's kind of been teased, but not too much. Um, I know you and I kind of thought about it here and there that Omega may or may not be a Force-sensitive clone,
1: Right. Yeah, well, I propose that theory when I think we did our, our Bad Batch pilot review. Yeah. So, if that's true,
0: thinking about it, wouldn't would it be fair to say that possibly Palpatine is sending a bounty hunter? Because not only are you not looking for your, you know, Order 6060 and all these Jedi that are Force users what if there was a clone that had somehow had force power that you could find a way that, you know, cause he's already, we know that he eventually ends up wanting to clone things anyway. This could right. be like a precursor to all of that.
1: Right. Which was yeah, I think that was part of my theory when we talked about this before. The only, the only issue with that is that if like, if, if it's known that she is a clone, uh, I'm not sure other than like through sensing her in the Force, would Palpatine be aware of it yet? Because you kind of get the hint that maybe the Kami ones know, and they're making it a... Because they make some comment about not telling the Emperor about Omega for some reason, and they don't say why. Yeah. Mm. Which was kind of like a weird line where they're like, that, that's kind of what led me down the, the path that maybe she's Force-sensitive because they're like, well, you know, Omega special, and and, you know, and, and we'll have to wait and see how this empire pans out before we tell the emperor about what we, what we did with her. You know, like, what did you guys do? And why would the emperor be interested in anything other than, like, a clone-sensitive, a uh, you know, force-sensitive clone? Mm. So, I mean, it's possible, but I think, I think we're missing a, a key scene where the Kaminoans come clean and kind of admit that she's force-sensitive. And then, like, yeah, then the emperor would definitely be sending bounty hunters or Vader himself to go collect her. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Man, I didn't even consider that. So at this point Vader is walking around figuring stuff out. He's probably He's walking a, around a Vadering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got he's probably got his yeah, training wheels going on, seeing like what all the buttons do on his on his chest piece. Right. Do you think I didn't even think about this until right now. Do you think we'll we will see Vader make an appearance in season
1: 1? Uh I, I don't know. It kind of, we'll see right now it feels like they're they're really trying really hard to get uh lore junkies on board with bad batch i don't know why they feel they need to do this but i feel like they're really like really pushing hard on the lore junkies so there's a good chance to to try and convince people to watch bad batch that like oh remember you know this is this is good and the animated series are good and like you know you love the mandalorian but like you know this is animated it's good like see, so he's got the reader in it like i I kind of hope they don't, but it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. What, a, a
0: more maybe appropriate question would be, would you like to see Darth Vader in season one?
1: I, he's He's too powerful for them. I don't know. I don't know what purpose he would serve other than to do a re like remake the hallway scene from row one to prove how badass Vader is because because I mean he's he can't like the bad batch can't couldn't stand against him there's nothing they really, could like, do to fight him um and I would and it, it, I mean unless they I mean the only reason that the only, the only way Vader could show up and not be like just a massacre is if they somehow find a Jedi who's in hiding and Vader like unrelated to fighting them is hunting you know jedi and bumps into them at the same time like that would work otherwise i think vader's like too like he's too powerful like i don't think at this point it would just be i don't know it'd be too powerful yeah yeah okay
0: who um yeah never mind i'm gonna skip that one um okay we'll move on here to uh episode five the most recent one as of this recording uh, it is titled Rampage and directed by Stuart Lee and written by Tamara Becker Wilkerson. Uh, Wilkerson, I'm sorry. Uh, and it premiered on May 28th, 2021. Uh, so, hoping to discover who, who hired Shand to retrieve Omega, the Bad Batch go to Ord Mantell, where Echo knows of a Jedi informant named Sid. And I really like the Sid character. I feel like she is going to be a repetitive uh reoccurring character throughout the season
1: and yeah she easily could be there um like she would make she would be a good fixer for them yeah you know the the guy you know the person who finds them jobs because they kind of this episode is kind of the transition for them where they realize that they're going to have to do mercenary work in order to make money because what else are they going to do like they can't you know be farmers and they can't you know
0: yeah yeah, and and I do find her fascinating because she's a uh, very morally gray. You can see her just doing whatever she wants to benefit her, whether that's with information or right. money or what have you. So she's really interesting because you might not you might not know what she's doing until it's actually happening. you know what I mean? Okay. Uh, yeah, so she's a very interesting character. Uh, we, I hope to see more of her throughout the the show. Uh, So she offers to find out about Shan in exchange for their help. Uh, Slavers have kidnapped a child named Moochie. And Sid will receive a reward from Jabba the Hutt if if the Bad Batch help her rescue the child. Uh, The reward is more so from Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna is the one. We we see it in a very quick uh, hologram scene, but it's revealed later on in the episode. Spoilers. That it is Bib Fortuna. Uh the Bad Batch Find and Fight Off the Slavers, which are like these like cat like anthropomorphic uh humanoid characters. they Which I think
1: were in I thought like they were in a Clone Wars episode, but I don't remember which one. It's quite possible. It's quite possible. They seem familiar. We've had the characters like characters from that species show up somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So uh, rescuing Moochie, who is a young Rancor. They do a good switch and bait. They have this little cute uh, right. green alien kid who you are led to believe is Moochie. Me. Right. Um, but in fact, it's this young Rancor. It's kind of like when they did, uh, yeah, the, the Grogu, the child uh, teaser right. The DeLorean. You think you're looking for a 50-year-old man. And in fact, this is a little baby. So li- really nice little switch and bait there. Um so taking moochie uh, after a nice fight with uh the rancor uh that Wrecker has to the only way I guess <laughs> taint... I
1: love that. Like he has like punch a rancor is punch a rancor in the face till it like submits.
0: Yeah, yeah. And they just tire each other out just by beating each other up and it's pretty, right? pretty funny. Yeah. So, uh, taking her to Sid, Moochie is then given to Jabba's right-hand man, Bib Fortuna, in exchange for the reward. Sid gives some of the reward to Hunter, but is unable to learn who hired Shand. And then that's pretty much uh, us all caught up. Um, The main cameo in this one, obviously, is going to be... Actually, I guess there's two. There's Moochie the Rancor, who now we know the name of the Rancor that uh, Luke Skywalker kills in uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, um, And also the cameo by Bib Fortuna. Um, So I guess that'll be like a twofer. Um, Right. So, Chris, uh, we'll we'll do, our obviously, our top four because we're going over four episodes. Um, Chris and I kind of just came up with this on the spot, so we're not going to go into a super lot of detail, but we're kind of just going to run rank our favorite cameos out of those episodes so chris i'll let you start first what's your what's your fourth one
1: (laughs) uh fourth one might be probably gonna be the order
0: of moon dragons because yeah 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 we don't know much about
1: that one yeah yeah that's probably let's go that
0: yeah 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 i'm gonna i'm also gonna say that's the fourth one i mean it is a super awesome nod to empire strikes back though with them doing essentially the same thing that they did uh, in that film, but yeah, they'll be number four. Uh, Chris, what's your number three?
1: Uh, probably Moochie, of all things. Really? Yeah, because it was just kind of a weird, like, okay, I yeah. guess. Yeah, <laughs> for me, yeah. it's like I mean, rancors are cool. I like rancors. I I, I do like the bait and switch of it, but it was like, like we kind of talked about the pre-show. as so We'll get in a little bit here. So I read someone else that made this critique, and I kind of agree with it. My critique. Of the one critique I have of the bad batch as it stands now is it feels like it's really trying really hard to tie itself into everything else, and it doesn't have to. Like, you don't have to give the backstory of every everything should have a backstory, but you don't necessarily have to show it always. Like, I don't necessarily need to know where Jabba got his rancor from or that it was called Moochie. Like, I, I just I don't know. It's, it's kind of it's a fun factoid. That would have been fun, like, in, like, a in like a comic or, like, in a novel, but in like, your mainline, Star Wars, like, visual media. I don't know if it's yeah. necessary. Yeah. Just just to be honest. Okay. You know? Okay.
0: Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, my number three will be Cut Laquan. It, he was a uh, pretty cool, uh, interesting character, seeing a clone, uh, you know, just make a civilian life. I'm not too familiar with the episode that he made. It's in which is uh season two, episode 10. Um, I'm gonna give him just the number three spot, uh, but it's pretty cool to see a previous character make uh, the crossover to essentially what is uh Clone Wars season eight, but branded as Bad Batch. So it's nice to see right. him pop back up. Uh, Chris, what's your number two? Uh,
1: number, number two, we yeah, would be would be cut, uh. Cause I did, I did like, you know, I, I did like a storyline, like, you know, like, like kind of talked about earlier, the seeing that like clones could, you know, choose not to be soldiers and could fit into a civilian lifestyle. I think it was kind of interesting thing to think about. So yeah, that's, I'd probably put him as my number two.
0: Okay, cool. That's cool. Um, I'm going to go. Excuse me. Sorry, I'm gonna go sneezing there on air. Um, sorry. Uh, coming back here. I'm gonna go number two. I'm gonna go be controversial. I wasn't going to, but I'm gonna be number two. Is gonna be Fennec Shand. Uh, it was a pretty go. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a pretty cool appearance. Um, I I love her. I am super excited to see what she does in the book of Boba Fett. Um, and I'm I'm assuming that we're also gonna be seeing a lot more of her in the rest of. This Bad Batch season one, uh hunting them, continuing to hunt them down. Um, maybe she'll make an alliance with them, maybe she'll be successful in her bounty. We'll see. Um, it was a nice teed up episode for her. And then uh Chris, uh let's see. <laughs> I think we know what your number one is gonna be. Go ahead.
1: Uh finish him Yeah. Okay, probably the same reason you said, I'm kinda curious to see where she goes. Um I think I, it's gonna be interesting because like it, she has to be. The problem is we can't like her too much because these would be like her time period where she's gonna be super like hardcore and real like hard ass about stuff. Yeah, we don't really get to see her be kind of her softer side till you get the Mando, which like we talked about is like you know twenty plus years from now. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like she's, she can't. I don't know. I don't know if she's going to be able to team up with them unless something, like, catastrophic happens because she should be all about that, you know, about making that payday right now. Yeah. Because they, they, they did talk about that where she's just kind of just starting out and she's really trying to get herself established so she can't really afford to let bounties get away or anything. So it'd be kind of interesting. She's going to be kind of an unstoppable killing machine, I have a feeling, for, yeah. like, most of the season. Yeah.
0: We'll get, we'll get to see... Uh... How Star Wars handles like a Sarah Connor type character. Right. Yeah. So uh, here's my controversial pick here. Number one, mm-hmm. we're going to go with Moochie the Rancor. Only because I think, okay, if it's the old old saying that a lot of Star Wars fans, it depends on what day of the week you ask me like what my favorite Star Wars movie is. There's not a definitive one, two, three, or four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It does switch up here and there a little bit. Um, so if you ask me this question again tomorrow, Moochie, we'll see. But today, right now, and maybe it just might be because I watched the episode just yesterday or I'm sorry, earlier today. So it's super fresh in my mind. But I liked it. I thought it was super wacky. And I, I always liked the wackier side of Star Wars. Um, it's interesting. I know that it's a little cheesy to be like, yeah, I know that we don't need to know, like, the backstory of, like, the Wampa that attacks Luke in the cave. We don't need to know that. But at the same time, it's super fun and super wacky, and that's one of the aspects that I like about Star Wars. Um, And it was cool to see Bib Fortuna there, even though we know exactly how his entire fate ends now. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, Moochie the Rancor would be number one. All right. I'll let you have it. Thank you. <laughs> no, yeah, and I don't know. I, it could also be his fight with Wrecker, because Wrecker is by far my favorite of the ba- favorite member of the Bad Batch right now. Um, He's I'm getting better.
1: Fans, yeah, one of, one of my one of my friends uh, I was talking to you about it. Was kind of a little turned off by him in the in the pilot because he was like he felt he was too dumb, yeah. which I can kind of see. But he seems to, they seem to be giving him some more dimensions because like he can't just be like the dumb, strong guy, because that's a very, like, that's a trope, and they kind of need to be moving away from that a little bit. Yeah.
0: It's, no. the, reason, it's the reason why the Hulk probably will never have that successful of a solo movie, because right. there's only so much you could do with a big dude that smashes into stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The day that they, they cracked the egg on the, the big, buff, tanky characters, the day that, I don't know. They'll figure
1: well, out which yeah, yeah, way to do it. Yeah, you either do it like very stereotypically, where it's like he's big and dumb and just punches things really hard, or you make him like super big and strong and scary, but then smart at the same time to kind of try and subvert it. But then that's also kind of like a weird trope in his own way. I don't know. There's yeah. that, there's not really an easy way to do that.
0: Yeah, I just like record because he's super playful and he always charges yeah. into stuff. and I don't know, I like it a lot. Not to diss any of the other members of Bad Batch, they're all pretty awesome in their own unique ways. Have Have you had a change up in your favorite Bad Batch character thus far?
1: Um, oh, said, uh,
0: because last time we talked Bad Batch, you, you said Hunter was your
1: favorite, right? Probably it sounds right. No, I still I think I think I still really like Hunter. He seems to be kind of the more interesting of them. He seems the least one-dimensional of them like they all, I mean, all none of, I mean none of them are like super flat except for, you know like we talk about record to begin with but like they mostly kind of like have their thing and they're very like that's their thing
0: yeah
1: whereas like hunter seems to be the most like dynamic where he kind of has different reactions to things and he and so it's just to be fair they, they spend more time with him and kind of he kind of is the unofficial like main character like as much as Omega is the audience's way into the Bad Batch, once you're in, Hunter kind of takes over as like kind of the main character. Like like most of the stuff is kind of seen from his perspective. Like the action or the adventure or the, the moral dilemmas are kind of filtered through him and his moral lens more so than the other characters. The other characters just kind of do what he says. To
0: yeah. Some extent. Yeah, I getcha. Yeah, I mean they could do a whole bunch of stuff with um Echo. That they kind of did in season seven of Clone Wars, as far as like, I feel like, I mean, when you talk about like soldiers and stuff and like possibly, you know, like PTSD that they're dealing with, I feel like Echo would have like an insane amount of it.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Echo, (laughs) yeah, Echo would be the one if you're going to, if you were going to discuss kind of the aftermath and trauma of war, then Echo, yeah, Echo is definitely a character for that. Cause like he, he not only has the mental scarring. But like the physical scarring and disabilities and deformations from you know from his war experiences,
0: yeah, yeah um yeah man, so that's pretty much our bad batch bonanza bonanza catch up episode here um let's see Chris is there anything else that you wanna talk about about bad batch or just
1: I think I know, really, they came out they, announced, they they announced yeah they did a bunch of high public announcements um, for books like the new comic series and they teased a couple of the the next books I guess this the um, the the way they're doing some of the high republic storylining has to do with like in like one set of media will be on like one thing and the next set it will change to something else like a different event. Mm-hmm. so like the first few books the first the the way the way of stuff right now is like the nil and like the fallout from the nil and yeah. as well as the the introduction of the the, the drengir but mm-hmm. then the next phase of stuff is all has to do with like the galactic fair that happens on um beacon on the starlight beacon yeah so it's kind of like a world's fair but like on a universe scale yeah uh, Every- the, you know, On on like outer rim scale and that's going to be the focus of the next set of like Phase books two. for like young adults yeah. The phase two is, and the, the, they'll start with this next book. I think it starts with the next adult book at the end of June. We'll, we'll start yeah. that. We'll start that phase.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. It should be pretty awesome. I'm. I mean, we don't know any information yet, but I'm super interested to see how the acolyte ties into some of this High Republic stuff because that's supposed to be focused on like the tail end of the High Republic. So, well,
1: it's interesting because now the High Republic stuff is coming out. They're starting to tie some of the future stuff back into it because i was just reading today uh not the newest afra but a couple couple months ago as afra uh where she's actually trying to find a nil uh hyperdrive in like some wreck nil ships from some, you know from the high republic era wow and nice. they actually they, yeah they actually call it the nil and they reference it and they kind of you know talk about it and they talk about the legends of the nil being able to like Use hyperspace lanes that no one had ever heard of to jump in and out of battles and stuff, which is kind of fun. Cause so like, oh, i read I read about those guys.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. So hold on, okay. So this is totally random. I didn't prepare Chris for this at all. <laughs> um, now that we're talking about Doctor Doctor Afra, um, and just as fans, this is what we do. This is what we like to do. If you were going to cast Doctor Afra and like a, uh, to make an appearance in a Disney Plus show. Um, who would you want to play Doctor Afra? Uh
1: What time period are we talking about? Are we talking about Mando era Afra? Uh, sure. Because because I'm just because you have to skew a lot older. Because then you're looking for a, like a older. Well, because actually, Ming Na would be about the right age to do an Afra in the. Um... She's already taken. Yeah, I know she's already <laughs> taken. So someone. <laughs> Someone, someone of like Ming-Na's you know like her caliber would probably see who's Asian hmm mm, female I mean if you're doing young Afra I have a feeling they would probably go with someone like an Aquafina. maybe could, yeah. could maybe do it
0: That'd especially cool. like
1: given her performance in uh, the second Jumanji movie mm-hmm. the uh, Afra character is, is is kind of stealthy and ninja-y and like thievy kind of like kind of the same archetype that she was portraying in the Jumanji film even though she's being played by you know she's supposed to be channeling uh, uh, what's his name <sighs> Danny DeVito <laughs> oh yeah 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 that, yeah. But that, yeah but that kind of action and that kind of like I, I think that kind of skill set is kind of similar to Afro in some ways. so but, so I think I think if they're gonna do Young that's probably someone they could look at. I read a rumor about somebody was interested or was talking about getting cast, but I don't remember who it was now. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's all just bait and switch rumor mill stuff, but I did read that uh, they're trying to get Daisy Ridley back for some project. I don't think a movie or anything, but some project. It might be like just like a voice acting job. I'm not sure, but Maybe. Um, they're trying to get Daisy Ridley back for something. We'll see.
1: Well, I mean, they, yeah. they could do like you know a founding of the next order of whatever force users that she's kind of found. If it's gonna be more Jedi's or just do her own thing, yeah, you know, like like the you know as like the kind of the older mentor character in like yeah. a you know, kind of a sequel sequel trilogy.
0: Would it be? Um, would you be accepting of it? Okay, so say because we know we're getting um, some some movies in theaters here pretty soon. We're getting that Taiko movie. We're getting the. Uh, the uh, uh, Patty Jenkins Rose yeah, uh, Rogers yeah. movie. Would you be interested in seeing another? So this might be a little confusing for some of the older folk, but we'll see. A Star Wars Episode One, but it's no longer the Skywalker saga anymore. They just pick up with like Daisy Ridley's or Ray her new, her new storyline.
1: Yeah, I can, I can, can, I'd
0: be down with that. I'd be okay with that. But what do you think? I mean, for us, I think it'd be pretty awesome to see that title again somewhere, but with like a new sub, you know, subtitle and all that. But do you think for like, I don't know, not to like be an ageist or whatever, but like for like our like parents or like the, uh, you know, just people in their older, they're going to be like, wait a minute, wasn't there already an episode one? What the hell is this? Do you think it might be too like confusing?
1: I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, well, I would say no, but apparently, Solo really confused a lot of people, and Rogue One was, you know, fumbled a bunch of people. So I don't know. Yeah,
0: dude. Okay, so not to shout out to um, Scott Kruger and uh, Sal Pralles for joining us on our Spotlight On episodes, but just like random, like friends and other folks I've been talking to, I didn't realize like I knew a lot of people liked it, but I had no. was So admired like.
1: Oh yeah, no, I know. I I kind of knew it. Like it's 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 considered. It's I mean of of the Disney era ones. It's I think I think it's kind of most considered to be like the best.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely yeah. Everyone is ranking it either because it's like one of my favorite. Just icebreaker. I am like, oh, what's your favorite movie from it? Blah blah blah, blah. and it's, it blows my mind just like how I expect them to say like a prequel movie or one of the originals, and everybody's saying like Rogue One, Rogue One. I'm like, wow, this is pretty pretty mind blowing.
1: I mean, Rogue One is 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 good, and it, it takes that thing where it's like, it does Empire Strikes Back, but it takes all the force stuff out of it.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: except just, the, except
0: like, at the end when we, when they get to kick you in the ass with it.
1: Well, yeah, but it's like in general, it's like. It's like everything you love about Empire Strikes Back, with none of the Skywalker Saga stuff in it.
0: Yeah, yeah, with n- uh, more action, less melodrama. Right. Yeah.
1: Hmm. And no lightsabers <laughs> except for the end. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, man. So Rogue One blows blows my mind. I don't know. Um. Let's see here. Uh. I think that might be it, man. I think that might be it for this
1: episode. Right. We did it for this week
0: yeah we did it Um, check us uh, check it back with us next week we'll we'll be covering um, some news and some some other fun stuff that we're cooking up Um, so stay tuned for next week Uh, thank you guys so much for listening Um, Chris what would you like to leave with the good people
1: Ah uh, shoot, I don't, I don't know, tough one. Uh, I mean, I always tell you guys to read Star Wars books because they're awesome. Um, maybe we'll leave you. Maybe we'll leave Kent with finish the book. That's what can <laughs> we'll Kent. Yeah. Finish that freaking book. Yeah, yeah, I'm on
0: it. I'm on it. I'm working on it. And uh, I will say. Uh, um Dial back on the caffeine because summer's coming and caffeine I drink it. there All right. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys. May the force be with you.
1: Have a good week, guys. <laughs> <laughs>